Welcome to Episode 3 of Advocacy in Court, Preparation and Performance. In Episode 1, we introduced the content of the series. In Episode 2, we talked about the stress that is innate to you and how you manage and mask that stress each time that you come into a courtroom ready to perform. At the end of episode two, I left open one question. How long will that stress that you bring into the courtroom last? The answer is that if you don't have a worked out method to deal with it, it will continue throughout your working day, blighting your performance. If, on the other hand, you do have a management plan, and you have taken the necessary practice to mask your stress, you'll find that in less than two minutes, you'll be over it and able to work for the rest of the day without any problems from the stress that is innate to you. Sadly, however, the stresses that one has to deal with as an advocate are not limited to those that are part of our psyche. There are other causes of stress within a courtroom with which we have to deal. And in this episode, episode three, we're focusing upon the sort of stress that a witness, your own witness, can cause you when giving evidence. In episode four, we'll turn to the sources of other stresses in the courtroom, namely your opponent and judicial officers. Let's turn then to how your witness can turn what was expected to be a good day into something of a disaster. It will almost always happen totally unexpected. The witness, whom you have prepped, and who seemed perfectly confident and rational when you conference them, will once you're in the witness box, and while you're asking them questions, so you haven't even got as far as cross-examination, so while you're asking questions, will implode. Forget what they've been so confident about. Be unresponsive to the questions that you're asking. Possibly break down and sob. Now, all of these are very human reactions. And if we move ourselves outside of the courtroom, we've either all seen such conduct or we've actually done it ourselves at some highly traumatic time in our lives. One would think, given the drama that is associated with going into the courtroom and given how much stress an advocate is under, an advocate who is, after all, supposed to be familiar with courtroom settings, that we lawyers, we advocates at any rate, would be sympathetic to the plight of witnesses who fall apart in the witness box, and that we'd have a toolbox of useful things that we can do to resolve the problem. Sadly, that's not so. I have seen people fall apart in the witness box, And I have seen them mismanaged 
every time it happens. In fact, the only solution that I've seen is when a judicial officer showing somewhat more insight than those at the bar table below her or him says to the witness, words to the effect of, I can see that you're really, really upset. Uh, Would you like a shorter German? To which the witness will give some kind of sobbing response or a shake of some sort, and the judicial officer then acts responsibly and adjourns the court. Notice that throughout this, those at the bar table have done nothing useful whatsoever. Let's then break this process down a little bit into its constituent parts. First, as I've said before, and I repeat now, we are not very good at predicting whether a witness will break down, two, if they're going to do it, when it will happen, or three, how it's going to happen. However, although we may not be able to predict it, we can certainly mitigate the damage by taking the trouble to have a conference with each and all of our witnesses if for no other purpose from the witness's point of view than to give the witness a sense of trust that we are working with them to bring their story out in the witness box. None of us, none of us should be surprised if a witness, when they break down, is markedly indifferent to anything that we might say if we didn't have the decency to spend at least a little time with them prior to their going into the witness box. We need to be upfront with our witnesses about giving evidence. We know how hard it is just from the stress that we feel standing at the bar table. So instead of either saying nothing or perhaps worse, telling them it's going to be okay, we ought to at least share with them that giving evidence in a public place is frankly difficult and that it causes stress and anxiety. And that's why the witness and we, the advocate, are going to work together uh, to do a much better job than the witness would be able to do on their own. So we're going to spend a little time telling the witness how to position their chair, where to face in the courtroom, making sure that they've got um, some water in front of them, just as we have some water in front of us, making sure that they know that if things become emotional, that they can ask for a break and that there is absolutely nothing adverse about making such a request. But as I said, even the best preparation cannot guarantee that the witness won't have a meltdown. So then, when they do have a meltdown, what should you do about it? Well, let's start by saying what you don't do about it. You don't stand there looking irritated or bemused or indifferent. Those are the kind of reactions that give we lawyers a very 
bad name. Once you have the witness out of the courtroom, how you then work with them depends on your assessment of their personality. Some people will want to be in a quiet room, alone with you, with a little talking and just some reassurance and time to get themselves together. Others will need to get outside to walk some of it off. And if that happens, it's important that you walk beside them and that you get only very occasional eye contact, but that you let them vent and that you reassure them it's going to be okay, that this happens to lots of people, that they're going to get through it, that um, they've been doing as well as could be expected so far, and that together they and you can get through this in a way which would be very positive. It should go without saying, but since I'm talking to lawyers, I need to say it anyway. There is always a place for empathy and sympathy. Being a lawyer doesn't mean that we can't be as human as our family and our friends expect us to be in trying times. There are one or two other options that you can consider. When I say you, I mean you and the court for getting a witness through their evidence when everything about them is saying, please stop, please stop. One of those options is to have the witness moved from the usual witness box to somewhere else in the courtroom, providing the microphone can be placed there. There's no reason why that shouldn't be done. Secondly, it may be that providing the witness with a support person, by which I mean somebody whom they like and trust and who assures everybody that they won't attempt to interfere in the witness's telling of the story, can be seated right next to them to help them. Now, these kind of provisions are now taken for granted in remote witness rooms for the complainants in sexual assault cases, but the ideas behind them can be just as readily used in any courtroom session. In short, when you're an advocate, don't just bring your stress into the courtroom. Bring your human compassion with you too. And when it's necessary to use it, don't shrink from leading by example. In episode four, the next episode, we'll look at another instance of where you cannot shrink. And that's when your opponent or the judicial officer are using prejudice and or bullying against you.